Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? The show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. And an early happy birthday, because it's your birthday tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. We're recording this on the Monday, and uh, of course it'll come out on the Wednesday, but Annabelle's birthday is on the Tuesday in between. And just thank God for Facebook. So that everyone knows when your birthday is, don't to remember. Exactly yeah. that, because I, I know, like your birthday, I know it is a couple of days away from my mum's birthday, mm. but I can never remember if it's two days before or two days after. Oh. And I can just check with Facebook. Shall I tell you how I do yours? I don't need to use Facebook. <laughs> you know you know I do, don't yeah, you? I do, yeah, I just yeah. Google Hitler's birthday. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, that's when it is, right? Yeah. Why can't you Google Luther Vandross's birthday instead of <laughs> Hitler's? In the future, I will. Thank okay. you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you doing anything nice for your birthday? No. No? No. I'm in a quiet one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really, I'm not really into doing nice things for my birthday. I don't know why. What, what's wrong with me? It's a chance to do something nice and I'm a bit like, mm. yeah. <laughs> maybe next year. Next year I'll do something nice. Uh, so I've had a quite an uneventful week this week to the extent that the most exciting thing that happened to me, and it was quite traumatising, was I went to eat a tangerine. Oh, yeah. I ripped it open. Yeah. And then inside, it was like there was a baby little tangerine growing in the middle. No. Yes, it was awful. How big was the baby? Um, do you want me to show you a picture of it? Yes. Just just bear, bear with me a second. I'm just going onto my computer over here where I have a picture of it. <gasps> Look, there it is. Oh, do you want to describe it? It's just really, oh. What it's size? I don't know, maybe a third of the size or so. But it, what it's like is I killed a pregnant tangerine. Oh, oh, you, yeah, you did. So yeah. I'm now bringing the baby up as my own. <laughs> I wish you were the best with that. It's so weird. So I tweeted a picture of this thing um, and it occurred to me in in days of yore, I would have been able to phone up the local newspaper and say, funny thing just happened to me. Mm. Do you want to send a photographer around? Yeah. Baby tangerine growing inside a normal tangerine. But uh, you don't really see so much of that kind of thing in the news anymore. I mean, we all lament that's life not being on the television. That would have been natural home for that. Oh, yeah. But also, I guess, living in London, the local newspaper, the London Evening Standard. A uh, bit less interested in that yeah. than in my hometown of Macclesfield. Right, right. I guess. It would be a better place if it was, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing that happened to me yesterday, which made me feel really good, mm. was I was on the train on the London Underground train, with my son, who's nearly three. Mm-hmm. So I got him on in the pram, and then the, 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 the pram was next to the end seat. So he's in the pram, I'm in the end seat. Mm-hmm. There's a little sign above my head saying, you know, please give up this seat to those who are less able than you are. And it's got a picture of maybe, you know, somebody with a walking stick and an old person and somebody with a baby. So I feel like I am entitled to be in this seat. It's such a great feeling. Okay. Because I've said before, when I'm on public transport, I am always looking for the opportunity to give up my seat mm-hmm. so that everybody around me knows that I'm a great guy. <laughs> but when when I'm on, it's a fantastic thing about having children really is not the <laughs> profound joy it brings you, which, you know, mm. it does, but there are downsides as well. That stuff kind of balances itself out, really. Mm. But getting to 
sit in the uh, in the priority seat on public transport with no fear of having to get it off, right. uh, give it up. Mm. So anyway, so I'm sitting there yesterday, and then opposite me in the priority seat, you know, on the other side is a young man who has no visible reason to be in that seat. I know it's not always visible, yeah, yeah. but to me, he, you know, he's wearing uh, sunglasses, which I think is a bad sign underground. Yeah, yeah. You know, baseball cap. He looks trendy. Mm, right. Uh, and there are no seats available. An old lady gets on. Right. And usually I'd say, excuse me, do you want to sit here, madam? Yeah. But instead, instead I got to give him a very judgmental look oh. and then sort of waggle my finger. You didn't? Yeah. It's not like you. No, I know. It's great. It's someone trendy as well. Yeah, I know. Oh. An, an intimidating young person. So it was so, so great because I, I still, you know, got that, that rush of adrenaline mm, mm. from from being a great guy, but without having to give up my seat. Amazing. I'll, do, I'll show you how I did it. I sort of went... Mm. I saw her get on, I looked at her, I looked around in horror that nobody was offering her her seat. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the same time, trying to express in my face, well, I, I couldn't possibly do it because I'm sitting here with a child. You mm. know, I would under normal circumstances. Mm. And then I sort of, I was going to say I locked eyes with this young man. I don't know if I did because he was wearing sunglasses. Mm, mm, mm. But I sort of looked in his direction and went, yeah. Oh, you'd like you'd like like a conductor. You, 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 you <laughs> orchestrated what would happen next. You yeah. pointed in, you yeah. gestured yeah. away, yeah. pointed at a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, hold on a minute. Did it work? Yeah, it did. I mean, he looked quite resentful. Uh, yeah. But he had to get out of his seat and give oh, it to this old lady. Wow. Oh, what a great feeling that was. I'm yeah. still on a high. Time for Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in whichever order that makes sense to you. You are the one perceiving it in the computer simulation. Um, hi. Please share your stories with us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. That was a rare one that I just gave there because that was a story which had victory in it rather than failure. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want too many of those. It sort of negate the whole point of the podcast, <laughs> wouldn't it? But please uh, let us know about the uh, the terrible things that have happened to you when you've tried to have public interactions or, to, or just any kind of social interaction. Uh, hello at adriftpodcast.com. We've got two Anons this week. Uh-huh. Okay, so first Anon, I'll call them Anon A. As part of my PhD, I've been travelling around the country visit- visiting people with smell loss in their own homes. This visit happened early on in the long, hot summer of 18. Having travelled in a stuffy train from London to a pretty little city in the south of England, I was very keen to get some fresh air and vitamin D. I suggested that it might be nicer to sit in the garden to go through the assessments rather than stay inside her dark, but admittedly very pretty Georgian townhouse. As we stepped outside, I caught a whiff of the beautiful flowers that were all over her well-tended garden. I took a deep, almost theatrical breath in through my nose and commented on how gorgeous the smell was. She gave me a stony face scowl and said, I wouldn't know, would I? And from then on, the rest of the assessment had a slightly frosty air and I couldn't wait to get back to my cold, dark office in the big smoke. <laughs> okay, next one from... That one could fall under the umbrella of this is what happens when you go outside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think would be a good topic to throw out oh, there. Yeah. Okay, this one's from Anon B. And I will say this won't be to everyone's taste. If you didn't enjoy my story where I lost control of myself outside Mile End Station, then I would skip... <laughs> through this one very quickly. I mean, this sounds already like it's going to be exactly to my taste. (laughs) Yes, okay. A few years ago, when I had a different job, I had to attend a meeting in Brussels that I didn't really want to go to. It was a European Union meeting where I had to vote according to the views of my country. The meeting itself was not of huge importance to my country, but the setting was far above my pay grade. The only reason that I ended up going was that the meeting came up unexpectedly in the middle of the summer when everyone was busy or on holiday. My bosses went down the chain trying to find someone to send until eventually they landed on me and I was basically told that I couldn't refuse to go. As you can imagine, this seemed like an incredible opportunity to make a fool of myself, so I prepared myself as much as I could. All I had to do was vote yes for both items on the agenda, but I planned everything meticulously. I read everything I could find. I asked colleagues for advice. I planned everything I was going to wear. I planned two different routes I could take to get to the meeting and had a strict timetable for the morning that would allow me to arrive at least half an hour early. The evening before the meeting, I arrived at the hotel, had a nice relaxing bath, double-checked everything and made sure that I slept early so that I could be rested and alert the next day. 
The next morning, everything was going according to plan and I started walking to the underground station, feeling nervous but sure that I did everything I could have done to be prepared. Suddenly, a terrible sweat came over me and I had such a strong... I'm not sure what to call it and I apologise in advance dump cramp that I had to stop walking and wait for it to pass. At this point, I was about 10 minutes from my hotel and five minutes from the station. I considered my options for a crucial second. I could either run back to the hotel, that would be 10 minutes to the hotel, plus another 10 to find and use a bathroom, plus 10 minutes to walk back to the place I am now. There goes my half hour. I could arrive late. I chose the second option, which was hold it in and rush into the first toilet that I find when I arrive. It was the wrong decision. As I started walking again, I realised there seemed to be a bigger urgency than I had ever experienced in my life. (laughs) Nonetheless, while sweating profusely, I persisted, reasoning that the further I get from the hotel, the less practical it is to go back there. I should note that I was wearing a dress, and at this point, my undies were drenched in sweat from the effort I was making to clench. But at some point after I got onto the train, the urgency ceased and I started to get hopeful that I might just make it. Suddenly I had a suspicion. What if it's more than sweat that is making my oh, no. my pants feel so wet? What if something had slipped out despite my best efforts? I told myself that these were just the ramblings of an anxious mind. Surely I didn't poo myself while walking in the street without realising. Was that a poopy whiff I just smelled? Surely I'm just imagining all this because I'm so nervous. This is how it went for the rest of the commute. The rumbling had migrated from my tummy to my mind. I arrived, rushed through the security, constantly calculating the longest distance I could from everyone around me. I did not use the lift, went up the stairs and went directly into the bathroom. I pulled my pants down and my worst fears were confirmed. Oh, no. And no one here goes into quite a bit more detail. And at one point, the pants are compared to a hammock. But I, I, <laughs> I think I'll leave some of that to the imagination. Can we not do a Patreon special? <laughs> Just for people who want to hear it. She says the smell was overwhelming. I started to think that I should just leave and say I was sick. But I immediately started thinking, to whom should I even tell that? What would they say when there was no one to represent my country? Would they even be able to continue with the vote? What if they checked who came into the building and realised that I came in and then walked out? (laughs) Could I go back to my office and lie convincingly that I was too sick to attend the meeting, but well enough to fly back that afternoon? (laughs) No, I had to stay. I began to assess the damage. I threw my pants in the bin and inspected the dress. Luckily, it was made of a thick material and in a dark colour, so nothing was visible from the outside. I had some deodorant in my bag, just in case I got a bit sweaty on the commute. How could I have been so ridiculously positive? (laughs) I sprayed that on the offending area, but it had already started to dry, and wetting it unfurled a disgusting, poopy deodorant smell. I couldn't wash them out because they would leave a big damp spot on the back of my dress. I had to go to the meeting commando and with stains on my dress. I walked into the meeting room and instead of walking towards the circular table, I skirted the very edge of the room until I spotted the place where I was supposed to sit and walked directly to it, leaving a wide berth from anyone standing around. Luckily, both the countries either side of me had only one representative and since there were chairs for two or three people, I had several empty chairs either side of me. I managed to go through the whole meeting without incident. I even started to take an interest in what was being said, enough to forget for seconds at the time that I was reeking of (laughs) faeces. I remained seated during the coffee break and started to let out a sigh of relief as I stood up to leave at the end of the meeting. That's when I saw a woman walking towards me with a paper in her hand. I started walking backwards, but for some reason, I didn't stop looking at her. I realised that I couldn't escape this one, so I stepped between two chairs, forcing her to keep a chair's distance between us. I don't care how it looked. If there was a chance that she didn't catch a whiff of me, it was worth it. Turns out she just wanted to make sure that I got refunded for my travel expenses. Apart from that, I managed to go through the whole thing without speaking to anyone. And if there's one positive thing that I can take out of this experience, is that at this time I had a good reason not to network. Oh, that I mean, thank you for introducing me to the word, if not to the concept, dump cramp. <laughs> Oh, that was remarkable. Uh, share your story, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Adrift. I think this is part nine of ways in which you're not a fully functioning adult. And I'm wondering if maybe I need to stop doing the part numbers at some point and just accept it as an ongoing feature. <laughs> 
I think it is part nine, but I haven't checked either. Okay. I think I think I'll just add a random number every week and okay. just hope it's the right one. So yeah, we'll call it part nine, and it is helping others in every way, really. But here I'm going to focus on in a medical way. So I'm so useless in this area that my baby hurt the tip of his finger recently and it had to have a new dressing most days. And I always got my boyfriend Tom to do it because I was incapable. But one day I told myself, I can do it. I'm going to do it. So I did it and it took forever. And it was a pretty shoddy job I did. And when Tom came in, he said, is that a joke? And it turned out I put the bandage on the right finger, but the wrong hand. Don't even know how I did that. (laughs) I'm also terrible, as it turns out, in a medical emergency. So a couple of months ago, uh, Tom and I and the baby went to stay at Tom's mum's house. And that evening we were having dinner with some of his family, his brothers and sister, his cousin, his auntie, his auntie's partner, his mum, obviously. And we're all sat around the table helping ourselves to various dishes that have been laid out. And I'm putting stuff on my plate. Some people have started eating. And Tom had taken a mouthful of sugar snap peas. And then almost straight away, he stood up and doubled over, clutched his throat, and it was very clear that he was choking. He was gasping for air and kind of jerking around. And it was awful. And I leapt up, and then I froze. Because I don't know what to do in these kinds of situations. Fortunately for Tom, his younger brother was on the other side of him, and he immediately did the Heimlich. But it it wasn't that fortunate because that didn't work and Tom is still gasping and jerking even more. So his mum, who's a dentist, so medically trained, she came round from the other side of the table. And this is where I was quite heroic because I really helped because I got out of her way. (laughs) In fact, I got out of everyone's way and just watched as she tried and failed to do the Heimlich. They then got Tom's cousin, who is huge. He could probably pull a truck with his teeth. (laughs) And Tom's mum directed him to stand on a chair behind Tom and do the Heimlich. And this time it worked. The sugar snap pea fell out. And this whole time that Tom was nearly dying, I just stood by and thought, oh, God, this is horrific. Tom is going to die and I'm going to be a single parent and he doesn't have life insurance. So I'm going to have to get a lodger. And I'm not great with showing my space to others. And what if she's someone who goes to the toilet a lot in the night? I did at one point go and get my phone to call an ambulance, but I didn't have the gumption to just call. I just kept saying weekly, should I call an ambulance? (laughs) The only thing that made me feel better was the whole time this was happening, like probably two or three minutes of someone in the room jerking around, gasping. The whole time, Tom's auntie's partner did not stop eating her dinner. She just (laughs) carried on. It was incredible. That is someone who is calm in a crisis. But it gave me quite a shock because I realised if he'd been alone, Tom might have died. And then I worried about my one-year-old choking more than I did about Tom. No offence, Tom. So I put myself onto a first aid course for parents and babies. And when I arrived, I was in a room with 10 other mums, all with sort of three to four month old babies, like practically newborns. And I felt judged straight away for being there with a 16 month old. And as far as they were concerned, not caring if he'd lived or died for the past year. (laughs) They're probably also annoyed that I brought my son, who within seconds was sitting on the CPR dummies' faces and trying to pull all the wipes to clean them out of the packet. (laughs) So none of them spoke to me, although they all chatted to each other. They shunned me. When we had to introduce ourselves, which as we all know, is already the worst thing ever. Mm. I had to say my name and the age of my baby. And I added, I probably should have come to something like this before, but, you know, better late than never. And they all gave me a steely stare. And when we practised CPR on the dummy, one of the mums had put a baby on the floor and Rudy was walking unsteadily by her. And this mum, she created what I consider to be a very over-the-top protected shield over her baby with her arms, like assuming Rudy was going to tread on her child's <laughs> face. And I said, oh, don't worry, we're in the right place if anything happens. Like a joke. Nothing. Oh, Just another bell. steely oh, look. And then later, Rudy slipped and cut his lip open and had blood dripping down his chin. <laughs> and I felt like I couldn't use the same joke again about it being a good place to happen. So I tried to hide it and made Rudy face the wall while I cleaned him up. But the good news is I've been on a first aid course now. The less good news is I've already forgotten everything I've learned, even the monomic is that how you say it? Monomic. I can't even say it. Even the monomic to help you remember all the things you're supposed to with CPR. And I was too weak to manage CPR on the dummy. I could only do three <laughs> compressions before having to rest. It's really hard work. So nobody get ill in front of me ever, please. You will be reminded of this show and this feeling. Adrift. When you wake up. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Before we get onto the news that everyone's been waiting for, I just wanted to tell you that I've been in touch with Mal in Hebden Bridge. Oh, great. And it looks like Adrift Live can happen there 
in June, in late June. How does that sound to oh, you? Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, let's do it. I think it'll be on a Sunday. Great. So we've got a, a couple of options and we just need to, uh, to sort those out with him. But that looks like it's going to happen. And hopefully I can bring you some more news on that next week. So that'll be the first official Adrift live show, won't it? Oh, amazing. Great. I say official because we did the show at the end of the radio show, which was to, to sort of unveil yeah. what the name of the podcast was yeah, going to yeah. be. But that was more wrapping up the old radio yeah, show. Yeah, this is something Whereas different. this will be for drifters. So yeah. that, that's quite exciting. So more on that next week. Um, but okay, the shop. I've got, have I got scissors here somewhere? Are we ready to cut the ribbon oh, and open yes. the shop? Yeah, yeah. I was waiting to put Minu, wasn't I? I yes. forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, scissors. You didn't get scissors out. No, I can't find any. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, what happens now? I just say you say the shop is open. So you, well, I can I can tell um, the listeners. I can tell you if you you listening to this that Annabelle today brought my adrift pencils mm. with her, and they are lovely. They're nice, aren't they? They're so great. I mean, there's nothing nice about the presentation in which they they arrived. No, no. But I did I did pre warn everyone that there was no fancy box. Yeah, yeah. But the pencils themselves are just great yeah and i think it's exciting i think they're really nice so they arrived on friday big box at my door um were you in or out i was well i was in but the baby was asleep so they had to leave it on the doorstep because okay. you, know, you know i have a sign You've on the door sign. <laughs> people are very good with that sign um so yeah it was left on the doorstep and i opened it and there's a lot of pencils now in my house <laughs> Well, actually, less so now because I informed people who had pre-registered of the shop name and address. <laughs> and so some have already gone out. So when you say address, do people have to come to a shop and buy them? No, of course not. No, it's on the internet. So shall I give the address now? If people, st- There's still a few left if you want to buy them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm terrified of what you've named this shop. What, why? What's why? Because it's the sort of thing that you wouldn't have given a lot of thought to and no. it's a really clunky name. No, I gave no... Th- but you, d- you don't get any choice, really, because... So it's not going to be like... A, a drift shop dot merch store dot. No, come on. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, put my glasses on. You ready? I mean, this doesn't bode well that it's not something <laughs> you could just remember. No, but yeah, I've got bad memories, you know. I've got to read it off a page. Okay, a drift pod, nice and short and snappy. Yeah. A drift pod dot big cartel dot com. Big cartel? Yeah. Have you become involved <laughs> in some way with organised crime? <laughs> That's just what it's called. Just what it's called. Just, okay, the, just okay. the way I've done it. Well, shall I? Have, I, I want to have a look at this now. So, have you not seen it yet? No, no. So, um, I didn't put any effort into it. A drift. A drift pod. pod yeah. Dot big. Yeah. Cartel. Yeah. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Oh. Is it because we couldn't find the page? I, I, no, no, I've, I, I was you did clumsy a typo. in the typing. Okay. An that was an awkward moment. <laughs> Here we go. There we go. There's a picture at I the top. That looks nice. Now click on the pencils. There we go. And it takes you through. There you go. Then you can buy them. That... He's surprised. I am it's surprised. Better than he thought. So I knew the pencils would look good, yeah. but I, I didn't, you know, I've, I've seen your own designs in the past <laughs> from signs you've put on your front door to yeah. various drawings you've done in your notebook. And I just didn't think you had it in you to make an, a nice looking online shop. Well, it was just a template. I literally, all I did was add two photos and then well, you the did words. A, a very good job of adding those two, two photos. Thanks. So it's open. Now. Yeah, it's officially open. So. And as I say, there are, there are still some left because I, overordered slightly um so if you want them please please have them and just uh, remind me your your box room what other use do you have for it in the near future <laughs> yeah, I'm, wor- I'm worried it's gonna be stacked up there for a long time it's very worried yeah. that and the jiffy bags i ordered in like if you do need a lodger <laughs> yeah. this in the future this yeah. this could become a it, w- problem. it will become an issue yeah. yeah yeah all right let's see how this goes then well uh they're there for you what what a great thing they yeah. are lovely pencils i was very excited to uh to, to receive mine this morning it is a driftpod.bigcartel.com stroke pencils well you you can add like but you don't need to yeah, let's not over no, exactly. yeah, yeah. sometimes when you're not paying attention you didn't even realize you're in a sewer that's not the case here right now you're on a lake and it's it's really nice jeff lloyd and annabelle port adrift 
It's a play on words about water. We were having a cup of tea in my kitchen before we started recording the podcast today and something exciting happened. Yeah, we saw something dart across the floor, which I immediately thought was a mouse, but you said might be a vole. It might be a vole. So here's, here's the thing. We have been living with a little creature for some time now. And a couple of months ago, my friend Dan was over and we, we he, he managed to get hold of it somehow and pick it up. And we took a photograph of it and put it on Twitter. And lots of people said, oh, that's not a mouse because it's tiny. It looks like a tiny mouse. Oh. But he said, no, that's, that's a vole. So I don't know if it's a mouse or a vole, but it's a tiny little rodent. But it's noisy, isn't it? Yeah, well, it squeaked today, which I'd never heard before. And we, you thought you were talking to you and you said, hello? I did. I thought hello? it was like Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. Um, so Sarah and I at some point made the decision just to, to live with this. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me explain this to you. So I really like animals. Mm. We live in like a Victorian terraced house, which has got like lots of cracks all over the place. You know, it would be, given, given that a mouse can squeeze through a gap about as big as a coin, mm. it, it would be impossible to block up all the holes mm. where a mouse could come through. And we never find poo anywhere. Oh. And it never seems to get into our food or, or nibble things. Yeah. So we feel that we live in harmony with this creature and it feels good to me to not not kill something as well maybe it was saying thank you earlier maybe maybe it was however we have this babysitter emma who is just great we adore her um jean adores her and um and and quite often she will you know be babysitting of an evening she is extremely phobic Oh. of mice and little rodents oh. to the extent that on the two occasions she's been here and she's seen it on one occasion she had to come and get a man from next door to try try and get the mouse for her really went, yeah went, yeah oh. went to get our next door neighbor who she's related to which okay. makes it slightly less weird okay. and then on the other occasion she just um, went into our bedroom and, and hid in our bedroom until we got home oh this is an issue so what should i do because oh. In in the past, when you know years and years ago, uh, when I was living somewhere else, we had mice, and I tried using those humane mouse traps, mm. and I think they just don't work very well. Okay. And I think even if they work, they're not that humane unless you're checking them every hour. Uh, okay, but you know that's by the by because I could never get a mouse into them. Mm. So what do I do? I'm a vegetarian. I'm really into animals. I don't want to harm animals. Yet at the same time. We've got a babysitter who is extremely phobic of mice. Mm. I don't know what the rights and wrongs of this are. I find out in this week's The Incident. So, so this is Emma. Say hello, Emma. Hi. Emma babysits for our son. And Emma, it was it was you that saw this mouse <laughs> and you had quite an extreme reaction can you tell us what happened the first time you saw it so i've seen them well this mice this is the second time i've seen the mice um so the first time i had to get my cousin's husband to come round and save me from it <laughs> how do you mean save you so I was anxious that it maybe crawled into my shoe. So I had to ring him and ask him to come around and save me from it because I'm very scared of mice. So, so what was it like in the moment? If we'd have if we'd have been videoing you, what would we have seen at the moment that you spotted the mouse for the first time? Oh, I, I definitely swore, st- stood up on your sofa and swore. <laughs> Thank goodness Jane was in bed. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, he might have had a new. A new word that you would wonder where he learned it from. <laughs> and do you, th- I mean, does part of you think that me and Sarah are filthy people for allowing this mouse no, to live in no, our house? No, no, no. I just think that you and Sarah are very laid back and think you actually like think the mice is like a little animal, which I do not appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mice for me. Well, this is, this is the big dilemma that I'm facing. It is sort of the mouse or you. Now, yeah. What I've thought about doing is getting some of these humane mouse traps. Do you know about these? Yes, do you know I googled them today whenever you texted me about them. 
And apparently, if you trap them in the humane mouse trap, you have to take them a mile away from your house and release them. Otherwise, they'll find their way back. I, w- I would do. That. I would do that. Yeah, and I would also make sure that the the direction I went a mile in wasn't in the direction of your house either. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so take them to like, the park or something. And you strongly feel that, you know, Sarah and I, we're very complimentary towards you. We tell you, <laughs> you know, how much Jean loves you, but as part of you must think, well, they don't care that much if they're not doing anything about this mouse, right? <laughs> well, I did think today, whenever you text in, oh, I've got to order the mouse traps. I was like, Jess, have you not sorted this out by now? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know that I'm coming round to babysit? Because you asked me to babysit last week. I know, and then I didn't. I didn't think about it. I didn't think. How how long have you felt this way about mice? So, um, well, since I moved to London, I think because that's when I've had many of an encounter with the mice or a rat. So, when have you encountered rats then? Well, my cousin might tell me to say this, but whenever I lived with them when I first moved to London, uh, <laughs> I was babysitting round the corner, and then I came home. And their neighbours were getting their kitchen done, so it was all open, sort of. And the rat must have come in through the cellar. When I closed the door, walked up the stairs, I came face to face with the rat in the hallway. And then we had to ring pest control in the middle of the night, and two chaps came from Chelmsford and shot the rat with a pellet gun. They shot it? Yeah, did I never tell you this story? No. So yeah, they came out and shot the rat with a pellet gun. And it how, was at like three a.m. Wow! How many how many shots did they need to take before they got it? I mean, was it like a just, shootout? Just, no, just one, just one. But you could hear like we were downstairs, and you could hear sort of they were all like scuffling around trying to find the rat, and then they did, and then they shot it just once. Wow. And then they were like the pest control guys were asking us to be want to see it to try and overcome our fear and phobia and we were like no just get it out of the house not not to identify the body yeah but then yeah somebody was saying that actually we probably should have looked at it because they didn't actually catch it and it was all like a big ploy to get some money in the middle of the night secretly what do you wish that me and sarah would do if if you know you were in control of us <laughs> what do you really wish we would do just, just get rid of the mice. Okay. But I don't think that you and Sarah are dirty. I actually always say that I think Sarah has OCD. Oh, what? She's she's, you think she's sort of obsessively clean? Yeah. She's very clean. And so I, not- I, I noticed that you're not including me in that. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Yes, you're, <laughs> you're very clean too. <laughs> no, I do notice that sometimes whenever Sarah's away, there are dishes we think. <laughs> so maybe you're 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 the culprit here that's attracting the vermin into the house. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you stop thinking, your mind begins to start loving. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Oh, touch it. Touch it. Here's a minor inconvenience. I've had to stop buying toilet roll from the local shop across the street. Why? Because one of the fellas who works there gets so out of breath getting it down from the high shelf <laughs> that I, I just, it makes me too uncomfortable. The fact that he's bringing it towards you like while breathing heavily, like with toilet roll, or the fact you feel that he's going to die. I think he's going to die. Right, right. So, I mean, he's, he's a heavy breather at the best of times, and then occasionally I'll need something like to- toilet roll or nappies off a high shelf, mm. and he has to get out of the little stool and then climb up and get it for me because oh, we're God. both too short to reach. Having to ask. I know. That's what supermarkets are invented for, <laughs> not having to know, interact in that way. Ugh. And the thing is, I could just take the stool myself. I know where they keep it, mm. but it's, it seems a bit like... <laughs> 
I'm treating it like I live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you someone who feels uncomfortable buying something with toilet paper? I know some people would feel weird, like buying some yogurts and some toilet paper. Oh no, no, I don't have don't have that problem. No hangouts there. No, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I've overcome that kind of thing. If anything, I'm proud. Proud. Be proud of what you're yeah, good at, Jeff. six rolls, please. <laughs> but you only bought six three days ago. <laughs> so so there was that I thought was worth mentioning. So mm. now I have to schlep all the way to the high street Ooh. to buy toilet paper. Or, or if it's the other guy, it's fine. He firstly is quite tall, so he doesn't need the need the little step stool thing. Yeah. And then secondly, he, he seems in rude health. Good. That guy. Even if, uh, you know, w- I did have to ask him something that would get his heart rate up a bit, I wouldn't mind. Okay. But this other guy, I mean, mm. I really think, God, what would I have to do? Be that CPR thing all over oh, again? Yeah. Should I go on a first aid course just so that I could perform CPR on the man who works in the local shop when he gets out of breath from getting the toilet <laughs> roll off a high shelf? Probably not. Mm. Um, so there's that. The other thing I was going to mention here that gave me a bit of anxiety was... Last night, a friend of mine texted to say that uh, he and his wife were after something to watch on TV and they needed recommendations. Oh, I love being asked that. I feel like the lord of television. I love it. I love it. I do. But then I I feel like I have to add so many caveats in case they Uh, don't like it. Oh, the stress of that. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I I know that. Yeah. yeah. If you feel like the lord of television... Mm. You want to retain that title. Yeah. You don't want them to watch something and think, actually, that wasn't that great. I'll ask somebody else the next time. Mm-mm. So in a way, I'd rather people think, Jeff always knows what the good shows are, but never ask me. I ended up recommending Russian Doll on on Netflix but um, adding a list of things that I didn't think were that great about it. There's a lot of brackets, so, so were there? So <laughs> if they enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they'd say, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I said, well, me too, but I just wanted to forearm you with the things I didn't like just in case. And then if they didn't, they said, well, we watched it, but Jeff did say dot, dot, dot. Mm, mm, mm. So <laughs> I'll tell you what I did enjoy that you recommended to me was that uh, Three Identical Strangers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this was uh, a documentary that I think they showed on Channel 4 here. Mm, yeah. But... I think it was maybe even a cinematic release in the States. Mm. And it was about uh, a a young man who found out he had two brothers Mm. out there. It was sort of at university by the time he found out. So Mm. probably like 19 or something. And he was one of triplets and they'd been separated at birth. Mm. And it it takes, I won't give too much away, but it takes a very odd turn Mm. as to the reason they've been separated and and so on Uh, but I thought it was a great documentary but the thing I loved the most about it was they became celebrities so they were on all the talk shows in the states and they were tomcatting around town and everybody loved them to the extent that they opened a restaurant called Triplets (laughs) in, in Soho in New York City and it showed footage of people queuing around the block <laughs> yeah. to get into this restaurant, which was called Triplets and run by Triplets. Mm. And it just made me think about time travel and about, you know, people say, oh, I'd love to go and see the signing of the Magna Carta or I'd love to go and see the birth of Christ or I'd love to go and see the Beatles in Hamburg or, or whatever it would be. And I'm telling you, the best time travel you could possibly do is go back 15, 20, 30 years into your own life because even though you think not that much has changed, it's unrecognisable. Could you imagine people <laughs> queuing around the block uh, yeah. to get into a restaurant just because some triplets owned it and worked there? <laughs> But what a party place, though. It was such a party place. Oh, it looked awful. It looked amazing. It looked awful. Amazing. Can you imagine what the food was like yeah, in that restaurant? Yeah, yeah. So I, I then um, subsequently did so much reading up <laughs> online about that restaurant. Um, I'm desperate for a, like one of the T-shirts from there. Oh, really? I found a mug. Oh. For sale. Well, it had been on eBay and it had been sold. Oh. But um, yeah, there's not much triplets merchandise out there. That's very sad. <laughs> But it's 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 good recommended good documentary, isn't it's brilliant, it? Brilliant, yeah. Any caveats we need to add, just to retain our position as Lord and Lady of Television? I think that you had one when you were talking about it. What was mine? Oh, sorry, no, no, go on. I, I can't remember. I can't remember. What did I say? I said I enjoy. Oh, I could, sort of could see where it was going. Yes, that is, was it. That was thing. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you so, go. There's so the it is a bit twisty, turny, but um, I think you know it's it's pretty obvious the way it's all going to play out mm-hmm. a certain things 
Thanks, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. It's good to get that caveat out there, just yeah. in case somebody says, Jeff, I quite enjoyed this, mm. but did you not think that? Mm. Yes, I did think. <laughs> You're adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Everything that you always wanted and a friend that was with you all the time who is also watching you closely judging are you ready to issue some rules in problematic yes quandary corner at the glap clinic all right who's the first one from it's from ivana we are again in Italy in our favourite resort and Patrick, husband... Let me tell you something, Ivana has a nice life, I think. Oh, she does, she has a yeah. lot of nice holidays, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. So Patrick, husband, who still doesn't listen and still pretends he sees famous people in ski gondolas, said to me over dinner, we've just finished our main, poured a glass of wine and I am ready and poised for dessert, buffet, self, buffet self-service. Patrick, you have your dessert and I'll go and make a phone call. Well, I wasn't happy and I let him know it. How can you leave me in a restaurant on my own having dessert and you just walk out? So what do you think? I told him it was rude and I didn't want to be left there, so he stayed. But now as if he owes me a favour now. No, that's just rude, right? I would appreciate your comments. Who is right? Is it acceptable as he wasn't having any dessert and we didn't need to finish with that pain because it's all included? Many thanks. I have to say Patrick is a terrible person. Oh, Really? Mainly basing it on the fact that he still doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, here here are the points at which it's okay to pop out. To go to the toilet, have a cigarette, make a phone call. Any of these Please tell me the points and then then we've got it written down. After you've ordered, but before any food has come. Okay, not before you've ordered because then people have got away. Okay, food hasn't got here. Great. Uh, after any particular course has been cleared, but not before the plates have gone from the table. So, in other words, if you finish your starter, yeah, but they haven't taken the plates. Okay, yeah, okay. Everyone's finished eating. Yeah. Well, Actually, maybe it is okay if they haven't taken the plates because somebody leaving the table then can be a cue to the uh, people working in the restaurant to come I think you're being quite strict okay. with the whole okay. Thing. okay, forget about the plates then. Okay. Forget about but you finished eating. The key thing is everyone has finished eating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I always was taught that, that is rude. Like if you're, say there's just two of you in a restaurant yeah. and one of you is eating and the other one says, oh, I'm just going to go, I've finished. I always thought that was rude. It is rude. But in a way, I think, well, if you're going to the toilet and leave me on my own, at least I've got something to do. Yeah, and I understand the logic, but it's yeah. wrong. It's, it's just, it's just yeah. the rule is it's yeah, wrong. The, the rule is if there is something on the table, hmm. except possibly coffee, then you can't leave the table. Okay, well, that's what I always thought the rule was. So yeah, I'm happy yeah. to stick to that. Yeah. So Patrick is very, very, very much in the wrong. Very, very much. I mean, very, yeah. very, very The all-inclusive doesn't factor into it one iota. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure Ivana would be very happy to yeah. hear that about Patrick's husband. Okay, let's go on to this one from High Steward Darren Smith. This is happening right now as I type. I work three days a week at a co-working space in Washington, D.C. I don't know what these are called in the UK, but it's a shared office space where you have a membership and can come and work at a desk and use conference rooms and call boxes. Ideal for the self-employed. I've been a member here for almost two years. There is a rotating staff of people, mostly young people who are in school or otherwise needing an easy part-time job, who staff the front desk where people check in. They are also responsible for stocking coffee and snacks, etc., Just before Christmas, I was in here for half a day, which included a meeting with a colleague in one of the conference rooms. I wore a red baseball hat that day. And as I was getting home, just a few blocks away, I realised I'd left my hat either at the office space or one of the shops I visited on my way home. I immediately retraced my steps, coming up empty at both of the shops. By the time I reached the office space, the staff person had left for the day. We still have access, even in off hours, with a key code. I searched for my hat, but no avail. The next day I was in again and I asked the staff person present that day, a different one, if the hat had been turned in and they said no. Over the holidays I hadn't been in a whole lot and no time since, and at no time since have I seen the staff person who was on duty the day I lost my hat. Until today. The front desk was unoccupied when I first arrived, but about five minutes later the staff person emerged from the bathroom, the same one who was there the day I lost my hat. And he is wearing a hat just like mine. So... What do I do? 
I'm reasonably 75% confident that the hat is mine, but reclaiming it would involve somehow accusing him of stealing my hat. I don't assign him any ill intent here. There's no centralised lost and found system. And since I've been asking other people about the hat, and it's been more than three weeks now, he probably figured it was going to go unclaimed. I can't go up to him and say, I wonder if you've seen a hat I lost here last month. Oh, what does it look like? Well, just like the one you're wearing, actually. (laughs) It's a $25 hat. Do I just write it off, at least with the knowledge that it's being actively used and not sitting in a gutter somewhere? Or do I try and reclaim it, along with reclaiming some respect for my wife, who thinks I lose things far too often and was the one who bought me the hat in the first place? Please help. All the best. So the first thing that needs to happen here is from now on, you need name tags in all your your items of clothing. Ah, yes. Yes. This, this, this is something that happens. Like kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is what I'm thinking that the nursery Gene yeah. goes to all the time and we're always losing sort of items of his clothing. Then I see people on the little app that they have with the pictures of the kids doing activities wearing his clothes. But I've got no recourse to say anything because we didn't put name tags in uh. them. And I think, you know, there's there's that. Um, I mean, what would you do in this situation? Is, is there any way you could say... Here's, here's, here's a funny thing. You didn't you didn't find that hat here, did you? It all depends how much you want the hat back. Like if it was something that I really loved and I really wanted back, I would say something along the lines of, oh, this is embarrassing. Um, I'd never say this. <laughs> I'm pretending that I would say this. This is embarrassing, but I lost a hat here and... It look, does it like the one you're wearing? Is that your... Oh no, you can't do it, can you? Is there any way you could... I mean, is there anybody else there you have any kind of relationship you could get to ask on your behalf? A bit like, you know, saying, oh, I've got a friend who fancies you. <laughs> so I've got a friend who thinks you stole their hat. No, that, that doesn't help at all. What could about you... stealing it back? Yes. Mm. The trouble is, if it's not the same hat, then that oh, looks insane. Yeah, it looks completely insane, Yeah. Oh, you just have to write it off. Yeah, so the, so the rule is write the hat off, yeah. name tags in, everything in the future. There you go. that's our podcast for this week thank you for listening to it if you listened to Quandary Corner there and thought oh I've got a situation actually where I need to know what the uh, correct social etiquette is please we are like the debrets of social awkwardness you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com also the same email address if you want to send us a story uh, we can do a few more of those please mm. so we're not in an old mother hubbard situation yeah. but always good to replenish the cupboard with stories of failed human interaction thanks to man and the echo for the backing music and to uh, to emily harrison for the incidental music during the incident vince lynch and simon wilcox are our announcers and made the little eye dents patrick gunning and awana babu provided technical support kim rainey made the artwork carla gowlett took the photos and that's fairly much it for this week all that remains for me to say is happy birthday annabelle Adrift. Pardication time, and this comes from Elizabeth Coffin, who says Her Serene Highness, Mm. Elizabeth Coffin, to give her her full Patreon title, who says, Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy. Ahoy. Um, I just switched that round to Jeff and Annabelle. She wrote Annabelle and Jeff, which is correct alphabetically and in so many other ways. I (laughs) apologise for that. Um, I'd like to request a podication for myself for my birthday. So on or near to the 15th of March. So that that was this coming Friday, isn't it? So she'll get it a couple of days. Well, the, the episode will come out a couple of days before. It's up to you when you listen to it. Elizabeth says, I've gotten a few friends and family members to listen to, at least an episode or two, but as yet, no one has come back and thanked me for this great mm. gift and how it changed their life. So I guess I'll have to ask for my own podication. Okay. I've sent in a story twice, and even though you haven't read it, I hope you least read my accolades. To be fair to you, the first time I sent the story in, it had a typo in the email address, <laughs> so that was on me. 
in case the story didn't cut it, I have a new interaction to share. I do payroll for a yoga studio twice a month in exchange for free classes. Good to know we've got listeners operating on the barter system, yeah, isn't love it? That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the studio also has practitioners of massage and acupuncture that rent the space. And my time doing payroll can overlap with one of these practitioners or another. Usually I work at the front desk, but there's... One acupuncturist who prefers to talk to clients in the reception room. So I take a laptop and paperwork and everything else I need for payroll into one of the small practice rooms. It has a massage table and also a stool so I can just sit and use the table as a desk. No problem. The other day I came in and it was this particular person working. I quietly politely said hello as there was also a client there in reception then i took great care to gather everything i needed from the desk area so i could finish my work without going in and out and further disrupting the practice i confidently set everything out on the massage table and was about to happily begin when i realized there was no stool hmm. it had been moved elsewhere not wanting to pass back through clients or make noise i decided to try and go without it after 15 minutes of awkward and uncomfortable hunching over, I realised it had been too long oh. and I definitely couldn't go asking oh, no. and looking for a stall now. Oh. So for a few hours, I alternated between kneeling and hunching over, oh. choosing to suffer rather than make 30 seconds of noise. It's oh. great. Very so, drifty. So nice as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe for birthday this year, I'll get a spine or a nerve. But since that's unlikely, I'll probably just buy some drifter pencils and call it a day. I look forward to another year of a drift, us too. Yours, Her Serene Highness, Elizabeth Coffin. Well, Elizabeth, happy birthday. Hope you have a marvellous one. And if you'd like a podication, you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.